Hey there, this is Raven, and this is Murderous Crochet Pod. And this is my first episode. I'm pretty excited, and I don't really know what I'm doing. But I think I will start every episode off with telling you what I'm working on crochet-wise. So right now, I'm working on a bralette for a customer. I'm using Caron Cotton Cakes, and I'm using the color Sunset Dreams which is a beautiful pastel palette of blues and purples, yellows and pinks. Caron Cotton Cakes is definitely one of my top five favorite cottons to work with. It's incredibly soft even before washing and very easy to work with and no splitting whatsoever. I'm using a five millimeter hook and I am doing a F cup. So, somewhat bigger. Uh, The cotton cakes are 60% cotton and 40% acrylic, and you get 250 grams or 8.8 ounces, and they are machine washable. 530 yards, so that is what I'm working on, and that is the information on the yarn I am using. Let's jump into the case. Now, this case is a case that I have been... Oh, just somewhat obsessed with for almost a couple years, few years by now, I would say. Um, when I found out about this case, it was uh, very interesting to me because the case was so close to home. It is a local case for me, but not only is it local, it happened down the street from where I used to live when I first heard about this case. Um, it actually took place at a Walmart that I frequented all the time when I moved here to uh, Florida. So um, it is a tragic and sad case and there's uh, no resolution to it. It's a cold case still, Um, though I do believe I know who killed her. So today we are talking about Tara Lee Riley. Tara was born February 16th, 1975 in Plainview, New York to Kathleen Riley and Raymond Riley. I am not sure the year she moved to Florida, but she did end up moving to Bradenton, Florida, which is on the Gulf Coast. I know she has a brother. I'm not sure what high school she went to, but from what I have gathered, Tara was a very fun, caring, and loving person. She was the life of the party, and she she just knew how to have a really good time. At the time of her death, she had a daughter who was about six years old. She didn't have custody of her daughter due to health health reasons. She had lupus, which I know was really hard on her um, and made it really hard for her to parents. But in 1994, she decided to go after custody again. And that case was ongoing up until her death. Her ex-boyfriend, Patrick Brinker, did have custody of her daughter at the time and I believe still does to this day. On March 27th, 2000, at 5.30 in the evening, Tara had gotten a call from a person that we do not know the identity of. The person, who was presumably male, told her that he had information that could help her with her custody case, and that they would give them the said information if she would meet with them at the Walmart parking lot on West Cortez Street. To paint a picture of this Walmart, because I have been there so many times, it is a very large Walmart grocery and 
um, you know, other things that you can buy, clothes, makeup, toys, other things like that. It's not a super Walmart, but it is a large Walmart. Um, at the time of recording, everything that's behind the Walmart is developed. There's apartment homes, um, there is roads and such. Looking at what it looked like in 2000, it was very different. It was all dirt road and nothing was back there. It was very underdeveloped and um, and there was just nothing back there. So it does look different now. I did get a chance to talk to Walmart employees and they told me that there are cameras in the parking lot, though none of them know if there was cameras back in 2000. But they said there are cameras there now. Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. So I do think that that does um, say something. <laughs> so at the time of this phone call, her parents were obviously concerned with her going to meet up with a stranger. Um, I would say March. Is it still dark early in March? I don't feel like daylight savings time has happened. So it could have started becoming dark at that time by 530 in March. So that is a little, I could see how that could be a little bit concerning. But I, I'm assuming that Tara felt probably somewhat safe because it was meeting in such a public place um, with lots of people coming in and out and in a parking lot. I know that if it was me, I don't know if I would feel necessarily unsafe. Um, even though I'm very into true crime, I am somebody who would probably go meet somebody <laughs> like this, especially if they were claiming to have information on a custody case that I was involved in. I'm sure that was very tempting for Tara, considering she had been working on trying to get her daughter back into her custody since 94. When she left to meet the helpful stranger, that was the last time her parents would ever see her again. After not returning home for some hours, her father, Raymond Riley, went to the Walmart to look for Tara, but not but did not find her. He did, however, find her four-door blue Mercury Tracer in the parking lot with the keys still in the ignition and the lights on. I am unaware if the father contacted the police that night, but I would assume so because this is such a troubling scene to come upon. Two days had passed since Tara's car was found by her father, and later in that day, three men were mudding behind the Walmart on Cortez Street and happened across a nude and beaten body. That body was the body of Tara Riley. She was face down in a puddle of mud. There are talks of her being shot but there was never a weapon found and her clothes were never found either I believe. There were tips that came in um, from witnesses saying that they saw Tara arguing with a man in the Walmart parking lot the night that she was murdered. Cops did investigate those tips from what I have read and they have ruled out the suspect. Um but no, there's no name of the suspect, so I'm not sure who exactly they ruled out. Like I said, a weapon was said to have been used, but it was never found. And at this point, the detectives really did focus on the ex-boyfriend, Patrick, uh, the father of her their daughter. Um, they didn't really look much further. 
I believe that if they would have looked further, they would have found out some interesting information. Tara worked at an AccuLab as a phlebotomist. The AccuLab was owned by a Joseph DeGorio, and I believe I'm saying his name probably wrong. I'm very sorry, but I think it's DeGorio. DeGorio is currently in prison for life with charges of sexual uh, child sexual battery and three counts of fraud. There's claims that he had stole 17 million from his own lab. The offense dates are 3-21-2003, and those are lewd and lewd battery on a victim 12 to 15 years of age, and then also on 4-01-2002 and 1-01-1988, there was attempted sexual battery by an adult on a victim less than 12 years old. So obviously a disgusting sick fucker. There was also uncovered that he was doing insurance fraud at his lab. There was a whistleblower who became suspicious on the ways she was told to fill out forms. She said she was told to enter cancer diagnoses so the government would pay for blood testing. The whistleblower went under a pseudonym because she was feared for her life and the life of her child. DeGorio had a lot of guns and had been charged with witness tampering from his cell in regards to his sexual abuse cases. This shows that Joseph had the ability to scare people and have other people do his dirty work for him. There was a rumor that Tara was attending a Christmas party at AccuLab two months before she was murdered, or about two or three months before she was murdered. And she was either raped or there was an attempted rape by Joe DeGorio and Joseph Smith. Now, Joseph Smith was a man that DeGorio had groomed when he was a young teenager. That was something that DeGorio did Often, he would groom young boys in New York, and he would bring them back to Florida. He would find young men with parents who had drug issues um, or really needed money. They were uh, underprivileged young moms that needed money or had drug addictions, and he would tell them that Uh, If they would send their boys with him, then he would pay them and he would give the moms money and basically would buy these uh, these children. And then he would take them and he would groom them and he would sexually abuse them and then he would have them do his dirty work for him. And Joseph Smith was one of the many. Joseph Smith is now on death row in in Florida for kidnapping and the murder and rape of an 11-year-old girl by the name of Carly Brucia, and that was in 2004. He had kidnapped her while she was walking home from a slumber party, um, and there is a video footage of him walking Carly off into the distance. Her body was later found behind a dumpster in Sarasota on Cattleman Road. Smith's own brother believes that he is responsible for Tara's death. He said that she had turned him down for sex, possibly at the Christmas party or another incident that I will get into in a minute, and that angered him. I also believe that DeGorio had something to do with the death of Tara. He might have demanded that Smith do it, or he might have even carried out the murder with him. I do think that he tried to rape Tara, or he did rape Tara either at that Christmas party or on another trip. He was her boss. He is a sick, sick man who 
uses sex as power. And um, I definitely believe that he had something to do with it. I don't think that that Smith acted alone. I, I do believe that DeGorio had something to do with it. And since she did work for him, I do think that it's it's very possible that she had, you know, maybe talked to him about her custody case so he knew what was going on. And so he lured that he lured her with that with custody information, with supposed custody information. That's what I believe. There is another theory that Tara was raped on a trip to Disney World that she was um, that she went on with Smith and DeGorio and about, I think, three other women. Um, and that DeGorio ordered Tara's death to keep her quiet. There was talk that she was going to go to the police and file a report about the rape, but she was never able to because she was murdered. Kathleen Riley, who is Tara Riley's mother, claims that no one has really reached out to her about her daughter in the years, though cops deny that in a more recent interview that they have done. Like I said, this case is cold and there really isn't that much information about it. Actually, up until December 2020, there had not been an article on Tara Riley uh, since early 2000. Um, I had reached out to the police department in Bradenton and gotten no response. Um, so this was pretty much a, most of the information I could gather up. So it's not a long episode, but I think it's very important that we get Tara's story out there. She was a young mom who struggled a lot and had health problems. And all she wanted was her daughter back. And um, because because of that, she was killed, you know, because she trusted somebody that said that they had information to help her. She was murdered. Really identify with this when you don't have access to your child and you just want your child back and somebody tells you that they have information that could help you get your child back, you would go to any length to get that information. And I believe that's what Tara was doing that night. And I believe she was tricked by an evil man who knew she was going to file a police report and get him in trouble for more sexual battery. He had already had a long history of sexual assaults and rapes on children and people. Um, and, I, and I think that he knew that another, another one wouldn't look good on his, on his part. So I really do believe he had Smith carry out the murder um, and he possibly helped. He possibly was there helping, um, but we don't know. And hopefully we will find out eventually. If you do have any tips um, on the Tara Riley case, please reach out to the Bradenton Police Department um, and give them any information that you have. Um, and that is that is it. I think that's about it. I will leave some articles that I have read for this case and I'll leave them down below. I will also leave a couple articles on the Carly Bruchia case because I do think that they go hand in hand. I might cover that case in another episode because it is uh, such a tragic one, but I really did want to talk about Tyra Riley first. So I hope you guys enjoyed. And if you did, please give me a review, good, bad, 
in the in the middle it doesn't matter I would love any suggestions like I said I'm very new at this um, I'm a little nervous <laughs> I'm sitting in my closet I don't have the best setup but I am I'm passionate about true crime so I hope you guys enjoyed and uh, please subscribe if you feel like it and I will see you guys later for another episode bye